Hello, everybody listening. Hey, Jasper. Hello. If you guys just heard some nice little intro music, that's because I have managed to edit and uh, put in my good friend Matt Bochain's original guitar playing as our new podcast jingle. So shout out to Bochain. That was um, really, really cool of him. And Jasper had no idea that that was even going to be a thing uh, because we didn't have any time to talk before this episode because it took us an hour to get ready to record. Uh, And that is all because podcast hosting platforms suck, at least the free ones. Uh, so we're still trying to figure out the right, actually listeners that you could really help us out here. If you know of a really good, consistent, free Free. recording (laughs) method for podcasts, a hack, anything, please let us know. Uh, we're still trying to figure it out and we've been using Zencaster, which is a great software when it works, but man, we're seriously having some trouble. So, uh, yeah, let us know. But yeah, anyways, um, my friend Matt is an insanely talented guitar player, and uh, I just asked him if he could record a couple minutes of guitar that I could just cut through, and he was stoked, and he he said, uh, yeah, I just came up with some some little riffs during my morning tea, and I can uh, get my recording stuff set up later, and, and that's what you guys just heard, so... That's just straight off the dome from from uh, Matt Beauchene. I love having. I, even, having I haven't even friends. heard it yet, but I know it's the best podcast <laughs> song that you'll ever hear. I'm I'm blown away without even. Hearing it. So great job, Matt. Yeah, shout out, Matt. Let's go. Um, <laughs> uh, I am recording from Marinette, Wisconsin, right now. And Jasper is recording from Lisbon, Portugal. At least I think you're in Lisbon, right? No, I'm in uh, I'm in Aracera, Portugal, which is like 40 minutes um, west of Portugal on the okay. coast, or of uh, of Lisbon. I mean, yeah, on the coast. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, I just realized in talking to someone this past week that. We had never addressed that on the podcast that you are across the world. And (laughs) I don't think we have, but uh, no, I think you're right. I don't think we've talked about that at all. Which is just another really cool. And uh, if you're, if you're willing to talk about what you're up to out there, I'd love to hear it. But yeah, it's, it's definitely uh, (laughs) funny trying to coordinate this when we have either always pretty much a a six or seven hour time difference. I I got on the call at at 6 a.m. this morning uh, and I do that for you guys, listeners. So just know how hard I work for you. Um, Jasper, what's what's going on in Portugal? Can you tell people what you're up to out there? Ooh, yeah. Uh, right now I'm living in a really cool house. It's like the off season where we are. So accommodation is pretty cheap. So we're living in this like awesome house um, with four of us. Actually, a friend came in the other day. So now it's five. And um, yeah, we're just living like an awesome life here. We have a rental car. So um, 
most of the days the surf's been really good. So I've just been surfing, uh, working remotely as a freelancer and all the friends that we're working with, they all work like in startups or, you know, whatever they do. So they're all, um, working remotely too. And we're just having a good life. We have like a cool grill in the backyard area that, uh, we use, like we have like a grill party, like once every week or something like that. And, uh, just taking it all in this town is really cool. It's, uh, it's one of, there's like two places in the world where they have like recognized world surf reserves. And one of them is in Hawaii and the other one is in here. Um, so it's just like, if you're into surfing, it's just one of the most incredible places. It, it's like a ski mountain. Like they have signs in front of the surf breaks that, um, say if it's like a no. double black diamond or like, uh, no way. yeah, it's crazy. I was like, I was so amazed when i saw that and uh yeah i don't i don't know if i told you this but i was out the other day in the water and uh like the number one ranked pro surfer in the world kanoa igarashi was just like right there like right next to me um oh my which was crazy him and him and another um pro and then the day after that this video came out that like got really big kind of in the surf community of him surfing in the spot that's like a stone's throw away from our house so it's crazy being here right now it's really fun and uh we're like, I was talking about it yesterday. Like we're just so, um, we have so much gratitude for the fact that we can be here and we're not like hemorrhaging our money by like being on this expensive vacation. Cause we're actually keeping like our cost of living around the same and we're still working. So it's like our money situation is like the same as if we had just stayed at home, but we get to have this it's, really amazing experience. It's the entrepreneurial dream. That's- yeah. Yeah. And you don't even need to be an entrepreneur nowadays. The crazy part, like, two of the friends that we're with, they're, they're employed. Right. Right. Yeah. Fully remote. As long as, uh, as long as your company knows that you're fully remote and, you know, you can work around the time zone difference, then it's totally fair game. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Like, I think if you told a lot of people, um, from older generations that like you could get a job with a company, get a competitive salary, and work anywhere in the world that you want and still have benefits and do all of that. Like my friend was telling me the other day that his parents like still don't really understand how he's able to do what he does. Um, because it's just like such a new way of working and living. And like, I've gotten to meet my friend's bosses since we've been here too. And like they have other employees that are in Australia and England and the U S and Canada. And, um, they're all just, you know, somehow able to make it work and they're, they're doing an awesome job. So it's cool. You don't even need to take these like crazy risks anymore if you want to uh, be able to do like what we're doing out here. And actually our friend who came the other day, he doesn't work remotely. So like he's visiting us on vacation and he uh, he's been like searching for remote jobs since he got here. <laughs> he was like, oh my God, this is insane. And so he's been looking and a few of the other people that are out here, like one of the friends we're living with, his cousin is here. And he only started working remotely like a year ago because he saw that our buddy had been doing it. And he was like, I didn't know that was possible. Like he was just uh, doing engineering in England and just like stuck there and getting really sad about the weather. And so he he left that job and found a remote one. And now he's been traveling and like working ever since. It's like a totally um, crazy type of lifestyle opportunity that we have nowadays with the way that COVID kind of opened up remote working. It's, it's amazing. Totally. I, I mean you still have to be able to, I guess, be qualified to get whatever remote job you're applying for, but there's almost no excuse to be stuck somewhere that you hate anymore. 
Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, like, yeah, my friend's cousin, like just took on a customer service job. And like, actually that's another friend we're living with. She took on a customer support job with like a very early stage company. And now she's been there for a couple of years and she's like, now she's in charge of like marketing strategy and stuff. Like you can start super low level, which is crazy. Right. Just kind of like build up. Right. Right. Would you want to talk about kind of how you discovered that this was possible? Cause this isn't something that's new for you. Even I want to say even pre COVID you, you were kind of bouncing all around because you know, you weren't relying on a remote employee position you owned limeades and for a while you were traveling around while you still own limeades and doing that and i always thought that was really cool and inspiring i know you were in bali for a little bit and how did that all sort of start for you and that that discovery yeah i like i fell into it super by accident which is really funny because now i think like right when i started doing that is when like there's the whole trend of like digital nomad that's becoming really big um, and I kind of fell into that without meaning to, like, I just wanted to start a business. And then I read like four hour work week and I was like, oh, I, you know, I want to start a business like this that I can make passive. And then once I did that successfully, I was like, okay, well, you know, I don't need to be tied anywhere because I don't really work on this business too much. Um, so I was able the to four travel. hour work week was like so ahead of its time. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> now, right? that, now that we're in, it's in a remote world. It's Crazy Especially though. now that you don't need to take the huge risk of starting your own business. Now you can just get a remote I know. job, which is crazy. I know. Like, yeah. And so I, I was traveling, um, from that. And then like, I, I worked with an agency as an intern after I'd started Limeades cause I was like, okay, well, um, it would be good to get, you know, some hard like employment on my resume instead of just having this business to show that I can work in that environment. If I ever want to get like a more, um, secure stable type of job um because limeades was great but it was it was like paying the bills but it wasn't making me rich by any means so like i it, yeah. it was making me rich in the way i consider rich where like i could travel and i wouldn't have to stress about money and i could like travel and continue making money but it wasn't like anything you know mind-blowing so um yeah so i worked with this agency to get some experience and then they offered me a job after and i was like i have this opportunity where i can work anywhere in the world and like with my business. So no, like, I'm sorry, but I don't want to take on this job. I'm going to keep doing my own thing kind of and traveling. Um, but if you ever have like a side project that you don't need me in the office to help out with, like, let me know. And uh, like six months later, so they were like, Hey, like, yeah, let's give you some clients to work with. And I was like, okay, like I'll, I'll be traveling still. And they're like, yeah, it's fine. No problem. Like we trust you. And so um, I think just like making it clear with them that, I'd be happy to work with them if they don't care about like where I am and things like that kind of open the door for that. And then we started traveling, um, a bit more. And when I went to New Zealand, like I wasn't really working, I didn't do any like freelance work by then. I just had line aids. Um, but once we went to Bali, like I was working, like I rented a co-working space and was doing that. And, um, it, I just, I just fell into it. And I think what is interesting now is like there's a bunch of people who want to do it. And I actually met a lot of people who like what they do first is first they travel and then they try to figure it out. And I think that's a really stressful way to do it. Like if you can afford to take the time to be settled at home, maybe like live with your parents or if you're in college or something and try to get something set up 
uh, before you take the risk of traveling, then it's way easier to like then start traveling and work remotely than trying to do it the other way around. And like, yeah, my, buy my a flight boss, ticket to Bali. <laughs> and then figure my it boss out. told me because, uh, you know, I kind of just moved to Denver in the middle of COVID and mm. didn't really ask permission. I was like ready to get fired over it. And, um, in talking to my boss about how we're going to navigate this going forward, she told me that a bunch of people had just moved during COVID and not told their employer. And right. mind you, you know, I work for the Department of Defense. So like, it's like not something you can just do. This isn't like we're working for, you know, whatever, Uber or something, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's like a big deal to do that. So she was like, you're not the problem. There are just people that are, you know, leaving their job where they're supposed to be showing up to like a secure base. And they're just like, no, I don't live here anymore. Which is just a crazy move that people do that. But um, something that you said, uh, oh, when you were talking about just telling that employer, you know, I'm not willing to do this, but if something ever comes up where you're willing to be flexible, let me know. And then sure enough, they came back, right? That's yep. how it went. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. that that's something that hits home so hard for me because I, I say this all the time. I, I to the point where I'm I've probably said it on this podcast already, but all the time when I'm talking to people, I'm always like, never underestimate your value as an employee. If you ask for things, like the reason you got that is because you basically put your foot down and said, this is what I want. And let me know when you're ready to give me that. And if you don't say that, they would have never offered you that uh, opportunity. So employees consistently underestimate their value to the company and what the company is willing to do to keep them. Uh, if you're good at your job, they will be flexible with you. And that that really hit me during COVID because I had slowly basically built up this trust where we were everyone was working remote and I would say, Can I go home for a week to Rhode Island? And then I would work from there. And then it was, Can I go for two weeks? I'm gonna be in New York, and then that was okay. And I was still coming back to Virginia, you know, here and there, and then I just slowly kind of, I was just off and on traveling around, you know, regional, regionally for a while. And then it got to the point where I asked if I could kind of take an open-ended trip out West to stay with my brothers and ski. And since I had already done all of that remote work and it had all gone smoothly and I was still delivering as an employee, my employer was willing to let me do that because we had built up that trust. And, and then I went and was couch surfing and doing my job for three or four months. And then at the end of that, I went to her and I said, I'm moving to Denver. And by that point I had been working fully remote basically a lot of the time from Denver for three or four months. And we had built up that trust and that allowed me to continue to do my job from Denver, at least for now. So 
it's just the power of just asking your employer for things is so valuable and it, and it helps. Mm. Um, it, it just, it just raises the baseline, you know, after a certain amount of time, that's what they expect. And then you can ask for more and you can kind of keep building on that. And I, I think that a lot of employees don't think that way and they're afraid to ask for things and it's just, you know, yeah, it reminds me of, um, this book essentialism that I read recently, um, where he talks about pretty much deciding rules for your work life. It's about your personal life too, but he, he talks about work a lot. Um, and like just living by those and saying no to things that don't qualify for that. And you would think that it would get you less respect in the workplace and it would make people kind of upset with you, but it actually does the exact opposite. Like you only focus on what you want to focus on and you get more respect because people know that you value things like that. So like, for example, with clients and, you know, with the agency that I work with sometimes, like I'm very clear about like wherever I am in the world, I work nine to five Monday through Friday. <laughs> like, you know, so if you, you, mean, if you, if you want to meet in with me, that's when I work and don't expect to hear back from me on the weekends. Like um, you work nine to five Portugal time right now. Is that what you're exactly, saying? Exactly. Yeah. I, yeah. I keep it nine to five wherever I am. And I mean, um, obviously like th that works cause I do contract work. So I'm able to really like put my foot down on that. And, you know, if I worked, if I worked like a, a W2 job, maybe that'd be a little harder to have that one. But even that example where that really works well is if somebody, if there is a need for a meeting from six to seven, um, which happens, like I have one next week that had to get scheduled and there was just no choice. My time is just really greatly respected. Like, it's like, I'm so sorry we have to do it later. I am like, I'm really appreciative for you coming for this time. And if I said I was just very flowy and loosey goosey, then I would be getting um, like six to seven meetings all the time and it would just be expected of me. But since I made yeah. it really clear that I value my time like that and my value and they even say it to me, they're like, we know you value your work life balance. We know you want to spend time with your wife and your dog. And like, so they've actually given me clients that um, they will try to make it as like most work life balance uh, respect, like respected to me because they know that that's something I value a lot. Now, I think if I didn't make that clear, um, then it would create this level of like um, maybe me feeling like a doormat, even though I'm not explaining what I value. And, um, and obviously like I'm able to do that because there's other aspects of my work that I am way more flexible in that they really appreciate that I bring to the table. And so it's, it's a total balance, you know, but I think like just making it really clear what you say yes and what you say no to will just get you a lot of flexibility and like respect and how you want to approach like your working situation. Yeah. If they're, if they're trying to get a product and they're saying, we get really good results on time from this um, client, or I guess they're the client, but you know what I'm saying? Yep. Then, and all that he asks is that he communicates with us between nine to five Portugal time. They're going to take that deal every time. You know, right. what they care exactly. about, they don't, what ultimately in the end, what they care about is getting what they want in, in time right. and with good quality. So yeah, that, right. that makes total sense. Kind of on the same topic uh, of just kind of demanding things or I don't know, being firm uh, mm -hmm. and, and put, putting up your, your boundaries as an entrepreneur. Uh, this is something I've been talking 
with Emily about, and actually on, on a little sidebar right here, a little birdie told me that Emily might want to come on an episode soon, which would be sick. Whoa. I don't know if the rumors are true, but um, we'll see. I, I would love to have her on. But anyways, what we've been talking about is, you know, we're both obviously still adjusting to this new lifestyle kind of self-employed. I mean, Emily's sort of employed herself or, you know, paid the bills by selling art before and that's being self-employed. So I guess she's actually a little bit more used to it than I am, but we've been just having growing pains here and there as you do. And one of the things that's come up is the concept of having time and it's this this thing that comes up in entrepreneurialism a lot where you know if you have social uh commitments or friends that expect things of you they might say hey can you do this for me or are you available for this and as someone who's self-employed technically you almost always have time you know, because it's not like you have an employer that you are legally obligated to be working for. It's not like, no, I, I have to be at the office or I have to be at my shift. It's you determine your shift. So you we've been talking about essentially blocking out time kind of like like you do for your customers where or your clients where, you know, from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m., you don't have time for anyone else. You need to do your work because if you don't and you have a lot of social obligations, a lot of people who expect things from you, your time will just get eaten up by saying, hey, do you have time to grab coffee or or do this or do that? And and then all of a sudden it's the end of the day and you haven't gotten any work done. And in order to stay productive, you need to be disciplined to be able to carve out time for your work. And that's something that's easier said than done um, because there are so social pressures and you'll make exceptions and, you know, things like that. And that's okay. But, uh, I'm just wondering your thoughts on that because you certainly have more experience with it than I do. Uh, and it's, it's been, I don't know, n not necessarily such a struggle yet, but I see it being one down the road as we really are. We're uh, running this business. Oh man. Do I have some thoughts on this topic? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, this is something, you I, might. something I very much resonate with. I mean, um, yeah, like, Actually, I think I learned when so high school um, and we had some classes together. So like you probably I, I don't know if you feel the same way. You, you were in a lot of AP classes and I wasn't. I actually took a lot of like easier classes in high school. But for me, like there wasn't too much discipline involved with high school classes. Um, like I was able to just brush by, like kind of doing whatever I wanted. Um, and then I got to college and. I realized that part of the reason why high school was so easy for me was because there was a lot of accountability given to you by the teachers. 
And then once you go to college, a lot of that has to be given to yourself. Um, and so when I got to college, my grades just like, I was so used to being such a good student without ever having to try that much to suddenly just putting the same lack of effort in and getting terrible grades. Um, and yeah, I got a, I think a 2.6, 2.65 GPA my first semester of college. Yeah, I had a 2.8 for my first two years. <laughs> and then I, uh, for my last two years, I, I got a 4.0 because I had to, I had to teach myself all of these different methods and ways of, of making it work. And so those first two years, I just like, um, those were a stressful two years. And actually it was when I had those bad two years that I started Limeades. And once I started Limeades, I learned all this stuff and I, you know, was able to just like shoot my GPA up. Um, I think a lot of people like you just said it too, like you went through that as well. And that's kind of like an analogy for what I realized with work-life balance with owning my business is um, even though like you own your time and you technically can work whenever you want, like you said, um, I try to strictly work in like a nine to five um, just because that's when everybody else is working too. And it took me a couple of years to figure that out though, because then you have like friends and family and all these different things are like, oh, uh, like you work for yourself. You're not doing anything like exactly. <laughs> come over here. And a lot of exactly. people think that working for yourself means that you don't work. Right. Even though actually a lot of the times, especially if you're building something like you, there's more work required. Um, maybe in a few years, if you're able to like make it passive, there isn't, but, um, like, you know, I, I, I've definitely have had to tell people before, like I, I have a job, like I work, <laughs> I, I have to work. And like, my time isn't like just totally dispensable. Um, but it took me a couple of years to realize that because when you are like self-employed and you're like, oh, I'm free, I can wake up anytime I want and I don't have to answer to anybody. Um, you start kind of like, you know, like your friends and family notice that, right? They're like, oh, you're always just kind of chilling and doing what you want. Um, but then, yeah, suddenly uh, there was a big shift that I had to make where I was like, okay, um, so yeah, like I said, and actually, um, a lot of the times the opposite would happen too, where maybe I would be like, there were times when I was self-employed that I was living in a new place and I didn't know anybody and I would just work. Um, like I would work, you know, 8am to 11pm, like yeah. Monday through Sunday and just cause to me it felt like a video game. So it's just like, okay, cool. This is fun. Like this is easy uh, or not easy. Like it's easy to put in the hours, obviously like nothing related to doing that type of stuff is easy, but, um, yeah. And so <laughs> I, uh, I also had to give myself the rule like Monday through Friday, nine to five so that I wouldn't overwork myself because I think a lot of the inspiration that comes in for like you being good at your work comes from not putting brain effort towards it and like brain energy. Um, yeah. and so, yeah, it was kind of like a two sided balance where I was like, okay, I have to make sure that I have the structure so that I'm working enough and people know that I'm not free for those times. And I also have to have that structure so that I'm not overworking myself and only doing that and not putting effort into things like uh, my friends, my family, my hobbies. Um, I think also like I reached this point where everything I was doing, I was thinking about like, how is this a business? How is this contributing to my like career and my aspirations? And I had to let go of that too and be like, not everything you do has to be like a business or something that you're building. Like you can do things for fun. And like the whole reason why you started walking down this path in the first place was set up so that you could have control over doing things for fun and not having to worry about stuff like this. So yeah, yeah. super big topic, but I, I think, yeah, if you're, if there's any advice that you're looking for at all, 
my biggest one would be like come up with a structured schedule and even if there's nothing for you to do in that time just like make that like like that nine to five monday through friday rule really helped me out big time like it really got rid of a lot of those pressures that i was feeling because i was like no i can't like i have work um of course if like something really really cool comes up that you want to do you don't have to be like bound to it but at least you have some type of um boundaries that you're working around. it's your default that's all that it needs to be exactly yep your default that's a yeah that's a really good way of putting it yeah no a hundred percent and i think that carving out that time is important like you said even if you don't think that you have anything to do because we're actually in a sort of weird limbo in the business right now which wow 30 minutes in pretty much and first mention of city mud we're really on one today <laughs> i was uh, thinking of that yeah <laughs> yeah we're just going hell yeah uh but it, it kind of feels like we're in the eye of the storm right now where things have been really crazy and then we're just in this weird limbo where we're kind of waiting on a couple things to happen before yeah. our next couple moves can be made and it's something that's got emily and i feeling very off center we're just like what is this is so strange there's just been so much to do and now it just kind of feels like there isn't and we know that there's more coming coming down the line but it's been we've both been just kind of twiddling our fingers like what should we be doing and that's also kind of nice because we've been working so hard and I also, I'm on a work trip right now. It's been completely hectic and crazy. So um, in some sense, that's been nice. But then the other day, maybe two days ago, it just totally hit me. I, I kind of got like a wave of anxiety of, I just thought of all these other things I could and should be doing for the business. Mm. That if I, if I had just sat down and really thought about the business for an hour even though there was nothing to do to just think okay what's what's coming up what are we doing let's just run through everything regarding the business i would have thought of these things and i i would have been getting a head start on them um yeah are you doing anything for like project management like do you have like a to-do list or like a way that you like have yes yeah i i always have a to-do list but it should be better i i need to come up with a better system because i just write them in this notebook and then i start a new list and then you know i feel like things get kind of lost in the mix sometimes but there were just can, random i can help things. you out with that if you ever want yeah i would love i would love that um it'll, it'll yeah save you so much time you do you do like online lists oh yeah i get really deep into my list i mean <laughs> um i try to make everything a process so like i yeah, I mean, dude, I even, <laughs> I even made I even used a project management tool for my packing list. Um, like I get really deep into it. It just really wow. um, like there's nothing worse for me than the feeling of knowing that you have like a million different things you could work on, but having to figure out like what those are and where they fall into what you're doing. And then like working on something and remembering that there was another thing that you had to focus on, too. And then like just feeling like you have no control over like your bandwidth. Yeah. Um, so I, I love using tools like that to to structure what i'm gonna do i think it'll be hard for me to completely give up scribbling into this little pocket notebook because i could have it all the time and when i just have a thought so even if i just have a thought like we have a, a google drive for 
you know, bullet points for the podcast, but Mm -hmm. we don't even have one for this episode because I didn't happen to be by my computer when I was thinking about these things. And then I just have a thought and I just take out my notebook and scribble into it, you know, podcast thoughts Mm. and so things like that. So I need to find a way to make that work. Or maybe I set up a time every day where I go into my, my notebook and then I upload it into my online list or something. Uh, but there, I'm sure there's a way that I can, it, the notebook is not, is not f- fully working to my benefit. Um, but you know, wh- one of the things that I thought about regarding uh, things I could be doing for the business wasn't something that had ever been on a list and it was just basically prepping for when I am a business owner and things like uh, becoming competent in our accounting software. Like I should just be setting up an account and going through it and figuring out how the platform works and um, all of that because I'm not going to have that kind of time that I have right now when we're getting started and when I'm really going to need it. So just random things like that, um, that that were never on a list in the first place, but yeah. And I think like, I think we were talking about this last episode, like about meditation and mindfulness and different things like that and how you need to do it even when you don't feel like you need it because that's what's going to make you not need it. Um, and I feel like it's the same with making yourself just sit down and work, even if there's nothing pressing going on, it's, it's almost like a habit building practice that is going to just continue to help you out so much. Like you won't feel overwhelmed and burnt. I mean, of course you're going to with owning business, but you won't feel that like as much or all the time, um, because you're putting in the work to make sure that you're not going to, even on days where you're not overwhelmed. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. I, I actually just listened to the whole audiobook on this trip of the power of habit. Mm. And it's that's an that's a really good book. I, I have read and listened to a handful of these sort of productivity, self help, sometimes businessy type books. And this was definitely one of my favorites. And just building that that routine and that habit of sitting down every day and thinking about your work. And even if there's not something to work on, just brainstorming, things like that, it, it becomes your brain will just automatically do it. And then you'll automatically be in that mind state. And I think it'll, it'll make it much easier for those, those epiphanies or those, uh, valuable thoughts to just come to you because your brain knows, you know, it's, it's 8am, I'm drinking coffee, this is the time of day where I sit down and start thinking about the work. So different things like that. I think it's just a matter of getting into that routine. And then and then your brain kind of just takes the rest. Mm. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's really interesting. Yeah, I think you should read that building. book. Yeah, I have. Have you read the book Atomic Habits? No, no. I that got recommended to me like a bunch. Um, it's by this guy James Clear, who actually like he built his whole career just by blogging online, and then came out with this book that I think is like one of the best selling books like ever now. Wow. <laughs> and uh, 
Yeah, I, I read a good amount of it and then I lost my Kindle. Um, so I still haven't gotten back to it, but uh, yeah. it's pretty good. Yeah, it's it's good. I I think the idea of building habits is just really nice, especially um, as we we're talking about like this remote working lifestyle, like that if you can have a routine that you can take anywhere with you when you travel, um, that does so much for you. And like just keeping the the meter moving um, as opposed to like just trying to wing it when you get, because when you get to a new place, you need, there's so many things you need to adjust to like time zone. You need to find a place where you can work. You need to like figure out what the, you know, transportation's like just all those little things. And so if you already have like a routine put in place, you know, at least that like that productivity question is kind of already figured out for you. That's consistent. Yeah. 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 At least something's consistent. Right. And I've actually been horrible with my routine since, <laughs> since we've gotten here, but I think it does really help out a lot. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and the, the main point that this author that I, I don't actually remember who wrote the book, but this author drives home is that habits are 100% changeable. Like they, mm. the way, and it goes into the way that your brain is set up and the different layers of your brain in which habit is held and it is totally possible to change your brain chemistry uh with habit and and basically instill new um routines and and just ways of doing things so what if yeah, you said the really opposite <laughs> he was like you can't change your habits if <laughs> if you have really bad habits right now that sucks <laughs> <laughs> yeah in conclusion you're fucked yeah it's like a two-page book <laughs> oh my god yeah. i think charles about charles duhig it looks like is his name every time i'm watching okay charles duhig every time i'm watching a movie i always think about stuff like that where <laughs> someone like someone like almost dies and like the second scene of the movie and i'm always just like what if that was just the movie what if they just got hit by that bus and then they're just like yeah there was going to be a great story but they got hit by a bus so there's like uh, this john mulaney joke that i can't remember too well so i won't like retell it but it makes me think like every time i'm watching a movie like the joke is pretty much the actor realizing that like they're standing in front of a famous actor <laughs> instead of like the character <laughs> <laughs> and every time I watch a movie, I'm just like, oh, imagine if like that little girl was like, wait, Matt Damon, is that you? <laughs> it just like totally pulls me out of like any part of the movie at all. <laughs> it yeah. just makes me never actually like take a movie seriously anymore. Yeah. And that like random side character is thinking that they're like, holy shit, I'm talking to Matt Damon. Right now. <laughs> they're like, I can't believe I made it. I really made it. And they're, I always think about too, how that person is like watching the movie with their family. And they're like, look, that's me with Matt Damon. We had to do that take like three times. He's an amazing actor. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I messed them yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man. That's good. That's on top of uh, it. <laughs> yeah totally um that's what we do here you know we flow in and out um yeah, <laughs> i can get us i can get us back on topic uh <laughs> challenge accepted <laughs> i'm not i'm not gonna do it smoothly i'm just saying <laughs> you're just saying i can i have somebody I pulls up this I episode have... they're like why is this episode 10 hours <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh man, yeah, you guys just hear me like checking into my flight and I <laughs> just keep you on the line, just walking through. I'm like, can I take my microphone through this metal detector or um kind of kind of recording right now? Um we have 35 I, listeners. It's big, okay? I have DSA pre-checks, so they probably let me do that. It's no big deal. Oh wow. Um we're paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> I would never. Uh, <laughs> all right, I'm getting us back. I'll get us back. Reel it in, Kyle. Um, <laughs> this is something that I was uh, thinking might be interesting to talk about. I was on a drive the other day and I listened to a Tim Ferriss podcast episode, which he is the author of the four hour work week that we talked about earlier in this episode. Uh, he has a podcast called the Tim Ferriss show. He actually, I, I was going on this long drive and I was, it, there was not much service because uh, I was driving up to the UP to visit a buddy and I wanted to download a podcast episode so that I could listen when I had no service. And I was like, what should I listen to? And I was like, maybe, maybe Tim for Tim Ferriss has uh, a new episode that might be interesting. And I, look up his podcast in the most recent episode is mark zuckerberg and i was like damn that's a pretty serious podcast guest one of the most powerful people in the whole world it just happened to be i had, i didn't know that was his latest episode so i downloaded it and they talked a lot about artificial intelligence and um well actually more virtual reality which made me think a lot about I, I had never thought about VR in the context of just kind of normal life. I always imagine it like you put on a headset and you're playing golf at the Masters or you're like killing zombies or something like video games and um, or you're like in a jungle and you can look around or something, you know. Uh, and I had never really thought about it in the the context of if they if they keep innovating this, you could put on your headset and then sit down and you're in a different room than the one you're physically in, and so is the rest of your family, or so so are you, Jasper, and we're recording this podcast and we're looking at each other. I can see you fully. And we're making eye contact and we're talking in this virtual room. And you could do that for business meetings. You could do that for family gatherings, get the whole family. Instead of having a family call, you just have a family meeting in this virtual space. And that was the, not actually why I brought this up, but that was really interesting <laughs> to think about um, because it's just a total, you know, could kind of revolutionize that could really bridge the gap that, that, uh, for remote work that we're kind of struggling with mm. right now where, you know, the main reason why people want their employees to come back is because you still need to have meetings and be able to see people and do stuff. And that would kind of smooth out some of that, uh, those issues. So I don't know that that was pretty interesting to me to think about. I just had never gone that direction with VR before. Yeah. Crazy. I know I met a guy who uh, he was that was the least off. that was the least interested. Yeah, man, that's crazy. <laughs> so funny you say that because my mom texted me actually something really sad yesterday and I responded and I was like, 
oh no, how sad. I'm so sorry. And like, I genuinely meant it. But then I read the text that I sent it. I was like, that sounds so like insincere. <laughs> <laughs> that just like was the classic someone saying something to you and you just go, damn, that's crazy. <laughs> Actually, I sent, I sent a meme to someone yesterday that was like, that face when you say, damn, that's crazy to someone eight times in a conversation, they're still telling the story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was what I felt like. But <laughs> I'm sorry for making you feel that. No, it's okay. I just had to call you out. <laughs> well, this is the last episode. Um, <laughs> no, uh, I, I, I genuinely meant it as ingenuine as it sounded. <laughs> and it was making me think of this guy that I met traveling who was saying that they're using, he was like helping work with a, he was doing like software development for this company that uh, like does like VR for like construction work. So like a construction worker can put on a headset and like, it can like simulate that they're inside of like one of those big like construction machines. Like I don't know anything about this type of stuff, but like a crane or like a bulldozer yes. or whatever it would be. And they're actually able to like over time, the idea is that they can actually like do all of that from, from there instead of being inside of it. And like, you can think about that with like, I mean, we're already doing that with like drones they do that and stuff like with that. With planes. Yeah. And stuff. Yeah. But even just for training so that you don't have to spend all those hours in the actual thing learning how to operate it by the time you get in one you've already you've already done your 500 hours or whatever is you know required yeah be be uh satisfactory in, in whatever you're operating yeah no totally uh, that's that's another big one and i i was talking to my brother about about that and the other purposes that i just mentioned and it kind of brings up the conversation of it would totally smooth out a lot of issues and make a lot of things more easy to connect with people. For example, if you're in a meeting where you've been doing phone call meetings and Zoom meetings for years, and then all of a sudden you can get in a room and you can look someone in the eyes, that's a way, that's an upgrade as far as interactions go, right? Mm, yeah, but, body language. At the same time, once you have that at your fingertips, then without a doubt, people are going to start falling into scenarios where something similar to uh, instead of hanging out in the same room as your roommates, you are both in your bedrooms on your Xbox talking to each other. That kind of thing. Yeah. Where, where uh, interactions where it's not necessary to do that anymore. Mm -hmm. Or it's not necessary to meet virtually. You're like, ah, let's just let's just call in and just hang out in the virtual room, which then that downgrades the quality of interaction. It I think Zuckerberg talked about that. He was like, yeah. So in order to prevent that, we're implementing a system where every time somebody wants to use it, they have to personally talk to me, and they have to say, "Hey, Mark, I need this because I'm talking to my family." <laughs> <Or anymore. laughs> and Wait. then Mark has to Mark has to listen and go, oh, okay, that sounds like a good reason. And then he hits oh, the, then he hits the approve button. <laughs> I thought you were saying I, I didn't realize that was a bit. I thought you were saying like that's what they do in Facebook. Like, yeah, imagine. No, but I I agree with you, dude. That's such a that's such a real problem. And I think like yeah, I think I think that's the issue with like democratizing a lot of technology where it's like there's probably more benefit than there is harm but at the same time like i don't know even like <clears throat> people get surprised when i give them a phone call instead of a text nowadays you know um yeah yeah it's it's just like little things like that um 
And then, yeah, and sometimes it goes the other way. Like ever since COVID, now everybody wants to make everything a Zoom call when it could just be an email or like right. a text. Um, and yeah. yeah, I think it'll be interesting, like you said, to see um, maybe like someone won't go out of their way to see their friend or their family and they'll just hop into the headset and like, I don't know, like it can be nice to to go out of your way to visit someone or to see someone to travel to a new place. Um, and yeah, we'll see. I could honestly, it's so funny with the way tech companies and startups go. I could see like there being a solution five years after that type of technology releases that like is like create real life connections. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you yeah. know, it's, yeah. It's like the meme. They give, you the, says, like, yeah. <laughs> they give you the solution. That's the really a problem. And then they give you the solution for that problem and they sell all of them to you. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's, there's a meme that everyone's saying that like Silicon Valley just keeps reinventing the bus. Like the bus was invented hundreds of years ago and like Silicon Valley keeps trying to like solve transportation. And they're like, what if we had like a public access vehicle that multiple people could jump into and it stops in different hotspots and then when they want to go from one hotspot to another, they just go in and all they need is an unlimited pass to access it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, you're just, you're just making the bus again. <laughs> yeah. It's just, what are we even doing here? Yeah. But, yeah, totally. <laughs> well, okay. So the real reason I, I, I brought this up. <laughs> yeah. You can delete all of this. <laughs> the real reason I brought this up was because I can't figure out if and there's probably no way to know but i can't figure out if there's a trade revolution coming as in trade mm. skills or the opposite because you could make the argument that with all of this interaction and so much of our lives becoming virtual and so much of our meetings that people are people need to get their hands dirty and do stuff and build stuff in the physical world. At the same time, you could make the argument that a lot of people, especially the generation that kind of grows up with all of this stuff, isn't going to need that because they, they don't expect it. And they are completely content just living in the virtual world, having all of their interactions in the virtual world and building things in the virtual world and i just really don't know if as as this kind of period of of virtual interaction continues if there will be a big surge in in things like uh, people wanting to either pick up hobbies like woodworking or pottery or things like that or if people will want to take on you know you could assume that with all of this uh advancement in in the workplace that we will eventually abandon the 40-hour work week and people will be paid on a, a tasking basis as opposed to an hourly wage and then people might only be working 15, 20 hours a week and they might pick up a second job where they're a carpenter or a plumber or something like that. Um, and I don't know, I, I kind of have a lot of scattered thoughts on this, but I just, I can't tell if, if uh, some trades have to stay and, you know, we need electricians, things like that. 
but I just don't, I just don't know where it's all going with automation and virtual reality. And if it's going to be something, I think at least people of our generation, a large percentage of them are going to kind of, uh, not revolt. I'm trying, I don't know what the right word is, but to just kind of, uh, go against that and in, just instinctively and, and want to counter it. Not that they're going to mm. resist the virtual, um, kind of revolution, but that they'll, they'll counter it with also picking up more activities in the physical world. Yeah. Uh, that's I, a scattered rambling thought, but like, I, I'm just something I'm trying to wrap my head around. I have two, two, uh, thoughts that <laughs> branched off of that. Um, wait first. Wow. That's crazy. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's I, crazy. So that, that friend that I told you that we're with, uh, that is visiting us here that is interested in working remotely now after like seeing what we're doing, he works in the trades and he's like, yeah, like I love my job. It's actually really enjoyable, but I can't be in Portugal and do it. That's, that's one thought is just like mm -hmm. the fact that, um, even if somebody does enjoy their job in the trades, like they just don't get the type of freedom you do from working in something more virtual. Yep. Um, the second thing I think of is I think like people keep saying it, like the trades, a lot of them, a majority of them are not going to be able to be automated like anytime soon. Like you're going to need a human to be able to do those things. And so I think one, like you're going to see those jobs be, they're already really backed up. Like when we bought our house and we were looking for, just a handyman to help us. Like we DIY'd a lot of things. And a good reason was because we just couldn't find somebody who was available. So supply and that, demand, like I think that we're in a we're we're going to hit a low point in that supply. Mm -hmm. And and then it's going to spike the prices. Like all of a and sudden you're gonna need go an electrician yeah. and all the electricians are retiring because they're yeah. all they're all 55 right now. And so in, in 10 years, all the electricians are going to be gone. And then you're going to need an electrician. Everyone still needs the same amount of electricians. And then all of a sudden they're going to be charging twice as much. And then all of a sudden you can make electricians already make great money. And then all of a sudden you're going to make yeah. an insane amount of money as an electrician. And then everyone <laughs> want to be an electrician, you know? And, right. and that's like the part two that I think of is like, I could see a lot of these tech companies coming out with solutions that don't automate a tradesperson, but they make the barrier to entry a lot easier for being a tradesperson. So um, like we're already seeing that like in the simplest way of like people using technology to simplify lead generation for tradespeople, which is essentially what Limeades was, right? It was just helping house cleaners get more clients. We'd connect them together yeah. and then we'd take a percentage for um, essentially what was marketing automation. Um, but as you know, we move past that, all of a sudden we'll be able to have like fulfillment automation where it's like, okay, you know, our tool can't do everything for you, but it's going to be as simple as X, Y, and Z. And, you know, you can become an electrician instead of after going to school for a few years, you'll have everything you need, like in a few hours, weeks, whatever. And that's not a thing I see being tomorrow, but I see that type of solution maybe being something that will exist before we just see like those trades ever being able to be automated because it's such an impossible task with the type of technology we have right now. So yeah. I could see like that supply going down, demand going up, prices skyrocketing, and then tech companies seeing an opportunity there and being like, okay, well, a lot of people want to get in the trades now because it's a really lucrative position. Let's make the barrier to entry like incredibly low. I think that that is 
a very good prediction. I, I I agree that that's definitely at least highly possible for it to play out that way. Yeah. Well, I think that we both have somewhere to be uh, in in a few minutes here. So maybe we, we should talk about City Mud at all. <laughs> wrap it up on that thought. No, we didn't. I literally, I don't think I can even call this. I've been calling most of the episodes a live update out of this one. I'm gonna have to think of a. I'm gonna have to actually think of a name for this episode because <laughs> they might need to make. We might need to make a second show <laughs> where we have <laughs> conversations like this. Um, no, I think it'll be fun to yeah. just sprinkle them in, and then if you see that it's a live update episode then you know that it's like mostly about what's going on in city mud and then the other ones will just be that's true that's really cool yeah and i think like a lot of things we are talking about are things that are starting to come into your brain as you're going through this journey you know what i mean yeah oh it's still all relevant you know it's totally that's that's absolutely the case it's just not directly this is what's happening in the business but it's it's all still relevant to the topic we we mostly stayed within the bounds of business and entrepreneurialism so right i'd love to know what's most interesting to people like live updates or conversations like this or if it is a mix yeah well i do know that that people have liked just you know our back and forth which i feel like in an episode like this where it's not all about me there's a lot more of that i mean I know for a fact without even looking at the audio that this is far and away the most you've ever talked in an episode. <laughs> people people wanted to know more about um, you and what you were up to. So I think we, we covered a lot of that too, which is nice. And Maybe after this one, they're like, all right, that's enough. from." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, all right, we figured it out. <laughs> sorry for asking, actually. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is why. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right guys well uh i'll have matt play us out here and uh thank you for tuning in and thanks for coming jasper yeah thanks everyone thanks y'all